Hey everyone, welcome back to the Children of Our Lady podcast, brought to you by the Catholic Family Podcast. It's great to be back, and I welcome everyone to a new episode of the show. A special thank you to the Kosovich Choir for the wonderful music here in the intro and the outro today. I highly recommend to anybody who hasn't had the chance to check out their new Christmas album to go and do so. It has been on repeat for me throughout the early parts of this Christmas season, so I'll leave a link in the description below to that wonderful Christmas album. But I thank you all for being here today. It's good to be back after a little bit of an absence. It's definitely been a busy past couple of weeks, as I'm sure it's been for most of you. But I'm excited to be back, where we return to our journey through the glories of Mary by St. Alphonsus Liguori with Chapter 7 today. And Chapter 7 just has one section, unlike the others, that's usually broken down into multiple. Another good reading from St. Alphonsus with beautiful reminders on the wonderful mercy and compassion of our Blessed Mother. But before we get into that, I did want to wish everybody a very merry and blessed Christmas season. I hope that it's been wonderful and filled with peace and joy for you all. And a special thank you to everybody who's been able to donate to the GoFundMe account that was recently started for a member of my parish in Akron, Ohio, Shelley. I continue to ask everybody for your prayers, but the help that's been given thus far has been very, very much appreciated, so I thank you all. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and get into our reading of Chapter 7 from The Glories of Mary. Come back for a few more words, our quote, and our prayer to Our Lady. Chapter 7 Turn then thine eyes of mercy towards us. Mary is all eyes to pity and succor us in our necessities. St. Epiphanius calls the Divine Mother many-eyed, indicating thereby her vigilance in assisting us poor creatures in this world. A possessed person was once being exorcised, and was questioned by the exorcist as to what Mary did. The devil replied, She descends and ascends. And he meant that this benign lady is constantly descending from heaven to bring graces to men, and reascending to obtain the divine favor on our prayers. With reason, then, used St. Andrew Avellino to call the Blessed Virgin the Heavenly Commissioner, for she is continually carrying messages of mercy and obtaining graces for all, for just and sinners. God fixes his eyes on the just, says the royal prophet. The eyes of the Lord are on the just. But the eyes of the lady, says Richard of St. Lawrence, are on the just and on sinners. For, he adds, the eyes of Mary are the eyes of a mother, and a mother not only watches her child to prevent its falling, but when it has fallen, she picks it up. Jesus himself revealed this to St. Bridget, for one day he allowed her to hear him thus addressing his holy mother. My mother, ask of me what thou wilt. And thus is her son constantly addressing Mary in heaven, taking pleasure in gratifying his beloved mother in all that she asks. But what does Mary ask? St. Bridget heard her reply, I ask mercy for sinners, as if she had said, My son, thou hast made me the mother of mercy, the refuge of sinners, the advocate of the miserable, and now thou tellest me to ask what I desire. What can I ask except mercy for them? I ask mercy for the miserable. And so, O Mary, thou art so full of mercy, says St. Bonaventure, with deep feeling, so attentive in relieving the wretched, that it seems that thou hast no other desire, no other anxiety. And as amongst the miserable, sinners are the most miserable of all, Venerable Bede declares that Mary is always praying to her son for them. 
Even whilst living in this world, says St. Jerome, the heart of Mary was so filled with tenderness and compassion for men that no one ever suffered so much for his own pains as Mary suffered for the pains of others. This compassion for others in affliction she well showed at the marriage feast of Cana, spoken of in the preceding chapters. When the wine failing, without being asked, remarks St. Bernardine of Siena, she charged herself with the office of a tender comfortress, and, moved to compassion at the sight of the embarrassment of the bride and bridegroom, she interposed with her son and obtained the miraculous change of water into wine. But perhaps, says St. Peter Damien, addressing Mary, now that thou art raised to the high dignity of Queen of Heaven, thou forgettest us poor creatures. Ah, far be such a thought from our minds, he adds, for it would little become the great compassion that reigns in the heart of Mary ever to forget such misery as ours. The proverb that honors change our manners does not apply to Mary. With worldlings it is otherwise, for they, when once raised to a high dignity, become proud and forget their former poor friends. But it is not so with Mary, who rejoices in her own exaltation, because she is thus better able to help the miserable. On this subject, St. Bonaventure applies to the Blessed Virgin the words addressed to Ruth. Blessed art thou of the Lord, my daughter, and thy latter kindness has surpassed the former. Meaning to say, that if the compassion of Mary was great towards the miserable when living in this world, it is much greater now that she reigns in heaven. He then gives the reason for this, saying, that the Divine Mother shows, by the innumerable graces she obtains for us, her greater mercy, for now she is better acquainted with our miseries. Thence he adds, that as the splendor of the sun surpasses that of the moon, so does the compassion of Mary, now that she is in heaven, surpass the compassion she had for us when in the world. In conclusion, he asks, Who is there living in this world who does not enjoy the light of the sun, and on whom does not the mercy of Mary shine? For this reason, in the sacred canticles, she is called bright as the sun. For no one is excluded from the warmth of this sun, says St. Bonaventure, and the same thing was also revealed to St. Bridget, by St. Agnes, who told her, that our queen, now that she is united to her son in heaven, cannot forget her innate goodness, and therefore she shows her compassion to all, even to the most impious sinners. So much so, that as the celestial and terrestrial bodies are all illumined by the sun, so there is no one in the world who, if he asks for it, does not, through the tenderness of Mary, partake of the divine mercy. A great sinner in the kingdom of Valencia, who having become desperate and in order not to fall into the hands of justice, had determined on becoming a Mahometan, was on the point of embarking for the purpose, when, by chance, he passed before a church in which Father Jerome Lopez was preaching on the mercy of God. On hearing the sermon, he was converted and made his confession to the Father, who asked him if he had ever practiced any devotion on account of which God might have shown him such great mercy. He replied that his only devotion was a prayer to the Blessed Virgin in which he daily begged her not to abandon him. In a hospital, the same father found a sinner who had not been to confession for fifty-five years, and the only devotion he practiced was that when he saw an image of Mary, he saluted her and begged that she would not allow him to die in mortal sin. He then told him that on an occasion when fighting with an enemy, his sword was broken, and turning to our blessed lady, he cried out, Oh, I shall be killed and lost for eternity. Mother of sinners, help me. Scarcely had he said the words when he found himself transported to a place of safety. After making a general confession, he died, full of confidence. St. Bernard says that Mary has made herself all to all, and opens her merciful heart to all, that all may receive of her fullness, the slave redemption, the sick health, those in affliction comfort, the sinner pardon, and God glory, that thus there may be no one who can hide himself from her heart. Who can there be in the world, exclaims St. Bonaventure, who refuses to love this most amiable queen? 
She is more beautiful than the sun and sweeter than honey. She is a treasure of goodness, amiable and courteous to all. I salute thee then, continues the enraptured saint. O my lady and mother, nay, even my heart, my soul. Forgive me, O Mary, if I say that I love thee. For if I am not worthy to love thee, at least thou art all worthy to be loved by me. It was revealed to St. Gertrude that when these words are addressed with devotion to the Most Blessed Virgin, Turn then, O Most Gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, Mary cannot do otherwise than yield to the demand of whoever thus invokes her. Ah, truly, O great lady, says St. Bernard, does the immensity of thy mercy fill the whole earth, and therefore, says St. Bonaventure, this loving mother has so earnest a desire to do good to all, that not only is she offended by those who positively outrage her, as some are wicked enough to do, but she is offended at those who do not ask her for favors or graces. So that St. Ildebert addresses her, saying, Thou, O lady, teachest us to hope for far greater graces than we deserve, since thou never ceasest to dispense graces far, far beyond our merits. The prophet Isaiah foretold that, together with the great work of the redemption of the human race, a throne of divine mercy was to be prepared for us poor creatures, and a throne shall be prepared in mercy. What is this throne? St. Bonaventure answers, Mary is this throne, at which all, just and sinners, find the consolations of mercy. He then adds, For as we have a most merciful Lord, so also we have a most merciful Lady. Our Lord is plenteous in mercy to all who call upon Him, and Our Lady is plenteous in mercy to all who call upon her. As Our Lord is full of mercy, so also is Our Lady, and as the Son knows not how to refuse mercy to those who call upon Him, neither does the Mother. Wherefore, the abbot Gororic thus addresses the mother, in the name of Jesus Christ. My mother, in thee will I establish the seat of my government. Through thee will I pronounce judgments, hear prayers, and grant the graces asked of me. Thou hast given me my human nature, and I will give thee my divine nature, that is, omnipotence, by which thou mayest be able to help to save all whomsoever thou pleasest. One day, when St. Gertrude was addressing the above words, Turn thine eyes of mercy towards us, to the Divine Mother, she saw the Blessed Virgin pointing to the eyes of her son, whom she held in her arms, and then said, These are the most compassionate eyes that I can turn for their salvation towards all who call upon me. A sinner was once weeping before an image of Mary, imploring her to obtain pardon for him from God, when he perceived that the Blessed Virgin turned towards the child that she held in her arms and said, My son, shall these tears be lost? And he understood that Jesus Christ had already pardoned him. How, then, is it possible that anyone can perish who recommends himself to this good mother, since her son, as God, has promised her that for her love he will show as much mercy as she pleases to all who recommend themselves to her? This our Lord revealed to St. Gertrude, allowing her to hear him make the promise to his mother in the following words. In my omnipotence, O revered mother, I have granted thee the reconciliation of all sinners who devoutly invoke the aid of thy compassion, in whatever way it may please thee. On this assurance, the abbot Adam Persenius, considering the great power of Mary with God, and at the same time her great compassion for us, full of confidence, says, O Mother of mercy, thy tender compassion is as great as thy power, and thou art as compassionate in forgiving as thou art powerful in obtaining all. And when, he asks, did the case ever occur in which thou, who art the Mother of mercy, didst not show compassion? O when was it that thou, who art the Mother of omnipotence, couldst not aid? Ah, yes, with the same facility with which thou seest our misfortunes, thou obtainest for us whatever thou willest. Sadiate, O sadiate thyself, great queen, says the abbot Guaric, with the glory of thy son, and out of compassion, though not for any merit of ours, be pleased to send us, thy servants and children here below, the crumbs that fall from thy table.
Should the sight of our sins ever discourage us, let us address the Mother of Mercy in the words of William of Paris. O Lady, do not set up my sins against me, for I oppose thy compassion to them. Let it never be said that my sins could contend in judgment against thy mercy, which is far more powerful to obtain me pardon than my sins are to obtain my condemnation. Example. In the Chronicles of the Capuchin Fathers, it is related that in Venice there was a famous lawyer who, by fraudulent dealings and bad practices, became rich, so that he lived in a state of sin. The daily recitation of a particular prayer to the Blessed Virgin was probably the only good thing that he ever did. And yet, this slight devotion obtained him, through the mercy of Mary, deliverance from eternal death. It was thus he, happily for himself, took an affection for Father Matthew de Basso, and entreated him so often to come and dine at his house, that at length this good father complied with his request. When he got to the house, the lawyer said, Now, father, I will show you a thing you never saw before. I have a most extraordinary monkey, who serves me as a valet, washes the glasses, lays the table, and opens the door for me. Ah, replied the father, take care, perhaps it is not a monkey, but something more. Bring it here. They call again and again for the monkey, but no monkey appears. They seek for it everywhere, but it is not to be found. At length they discovered it concealed under a bed in a lower part of the house, but no, the monkey would not come out. Well then, said the religious, let us go to it. And when the lawyer and he reached the place where it was, the father cried out, Infernal beast, come forth and on the part of God I command thee to say what thou art. The monkey replied that he was the devil, and that he was only waiting for that sinner to omit for a single day his ordinary prayer to the mother of God, for the first time he omitted it, he had permission from God to strangle him and carry him to hell. On hearing this, the poor lawyer cast himself on his knees to ask for help from the servant of God, who encouraged him, and commanded the devil to leave the house without doing mischief. Only, said he, I permit thee to make a hole in the wall of the house as a sign of thy departure. He had scarcely said the words, then, with a tremendous noise, a hole was made in the wall, and which, though often closed with mortar and stone, God permitted should remain open for a long time, until, at length, the servant of God advised that it should be covered with a marble slab, with the figure of an angel on it. The lawyer was converted, and, as we hope, persevered until death in his change of life. Prayer. O greatest and most sublime of all creatures, most sacred virgin, I salute thee from this earth. I, a miserable and unfortunate rebel against my God, who deserve chastisements, not favors, justice, and not mercy. O lady, I say not this because I doubt thy compassion. I know that the greater thou art, the more thou dost glory in being benign. I know that thou rejoicest that thou art so rich, because thou art thus enabled to succor us poor miserable creatures. I know that the greater is the poverty of those who have recourse to thee, the more dost thou exert thyself to protect and save them. O my mother, it was thou who didst one day weep over thy son who died for me. Offer, I beseech thee, thy tears to God, and by these obtain for me true sorrow for my sins. Sinners then afflicted thee so much, and I by my crimes have done the same. Obtain for me, O Mary, that at least from this day forward I may not continue to afflict thee and thy son by my ingratitude. What would thy sorrow avail me if I continued to be ungrateful to thee? To what purpose would thy mercy have been shown me, if again I was unfaithful and lost? No, my queen, permit it not. Thou hast supplied for all my shortcomings. Thou obtainest from God what thou wilt. Thou grantest the prayers of all. I ask of thee two graces. I expect them from thee, and will not be satisfied with less. 
Obtain for me that I may be faithful to God and no more offend him, and love him during the remainder of my life as much as I have offended him. Alright, and that's where we'll go ahead and stop with our readings for today. Another good reading from St. Alphonsus and the Glories of Mary. Good reminders for us to hear just how wonderful of an intercessor we have in our Blessed Mother, always looking out for us, especially now that she's in heaven. I mean, we think about how much she suffered for us and sacrificed for us, prayed for us while she was here on earth, and we think about the immensity of those sufferings and the efficacy of those prayers while on earth. Well, we, as we read today and we've reflected on in the past, that efficacy, that power of Our Lady's intercession is only increased now that she is in heaven. So it is a wonderful consolation to think about how much she is there to help us. And as we've talked about plenty of times before, always trying to lead us back to God, help us to get on the right road and stay on the right road that leads us toward her son and towards eternal life. I think it's important to point out, as we heard multiple wonderful examples about the great mercy of Our Lady interceding for sinners who never really led good lives or refrained from the sacraments. However, as I'm sure most of you who have read True Devotion to Mary by St. Louis de Montfort have heard, it's important to look out for false devotions to Our Lady. One of those can be presumptuous devotion, where an individual thinks that they can live in sin and not really take seriously their faith and go about in their sins, but as so long as they keep a few devotions to Our Lady, they presumptuously think that they'll be fine or that they'll be given confession before death. Obviously a terrible way to live, very detestable to God, something we should avoid. We should always strive to serve our Lord and Our Lady with true effort, and that doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. And of course, we're human and we make mistakes, but we should always strive to avoid sin and lead a truly holy life and imitate Our Lady. Of course, devotion to Our Lady is principally in imitating her virtues. So, of course, it would be terribly wrong for an individual to think that they could lead a life of sin and think that just because they say a few prayers that they'll have that opportunity to be saved. No, but as we read today in the Glories of Mary, there are those very moving instances where a certain devotion to Our Lady has wrought the conversion of a very great sinner. Of course, that speaks to the wonderful mercy of our Blessed Mother, but we should never presume upon it and think that we could live a life of sin and think that Our Lady will be there for us. No, we know as we've reflected plenty of times in the Glories of Mary, reading through the Glories of Mary, we have to do our part. So obviously we should always avoid being presumptuous, but we shouldn't neglect to have great confidence in our Blessed Mother who never lets any homage we pay her go unnoticed. And even to dive a little bit more deeper into that, as we've read through the glories of Mary over the past few months, we consider just how much Our Lady loves us and how much she sacrificed for us. It raises the question, how could anyone not want to love someone who loves you so much? I mean, after God, obviously no one has done more for our salvation than the Blessed Virgin Mary. There are countless reasons as to why we should love her, countless ways that she's proven her love for us, and she is certainly so worthy of love. So we should always try, even when we don't feel so, even when we don't have that extra zeal or those feelings of consolation, sometimes those are withdrawn, we should always try to give that extra effort and persevere in our devotion to Our Lady and serve God and serve Our Lady with a true faith and with a true love, especially after we consider all that they have done for us. Of course, with the Feast of the Nativity of our Lord recently passing, and we are now into the Christmas season, of course, I wanted to touch a little bit on that and just to, of course, again, I want to wish you all a very blessed Christmas season and a wonderful new year as it's coming up here very soon. It's remarkable just how fast time goes by. But I'm sure most of us have been hearing many different reflections upon the Nativity, the birth of our Lord, and reflecting upon that wonderful mystery of our Lord's birth. 
But of course, here on the Children of Our Lady podcast, I did want to shed a little bit more light or encourage a little bit more reflection upon that wonderful joy of our Blessed Mother and how much Our Lady adored our Lord. Just those wonderful thoughts of Our Lady holding the infant Jesus, whether it be in the stable or just the days shortly afterwards and the early days, we could say, of the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph living together beautiful thoughts to think that even in the depths of poverty, true joy was found in the Holy Family, true peace, true grace. We know that the greatest gift that we've received on Christmas is obviously the coming of our Lord, our Lord being born and being given to us as our Savior and the Redeemer of the world. So I think it's nice to unite ourselves with our Blessed Mother, just as we tried to do during the Advent season and spent that time in preparation for the coming of our Lord in union with Our Lady, to spend this time also in union with Our Lady, striving to think about the way Our Lady adored Our Lord, cared for Our Lord, and treasured Our Lord. You know, to think about how we too should cherish Our Lord in our lives when we consider the wonderful gift of Our Lord's grace, the infinite treasure that is the grace of God, when we possess it, how much we should cling to it, how much we should hold on to it, how much we should love Our Lord, adore Our Lord, and thank Him for all He's done for us, and cling to our faith, and strive to live it ever the more faithfully. And and of course, we can do this all the better in union with Our Lady, asking Her to obtain for us those graces we need in order to do it. And as we've read plenty of times, we know that she will. She'll always come to our aid. She sees misery of our state. She sees the struggles that we're going through, the hardships we're facing, but she's there to obtain us those graces to persevere through those difficulties, whether it might be some interior struggle we're dealing with, some exterior circumstances that are difficult. We're in this wonderful time of the Christmas season where we rejoice at the coming of our Lord and celebrate his great birth. Well, we can unite with Our Lady, offer our acts of adoration and praise, love and thanksgiving to our Lord through her in union with her and ask her to obtain those graces that we need in order to love Jesus more and to let that reflect in every area of our life. Just such a wonderful time. And, and I can say over the past couple of years, I've really can feel the change into Advent, into Christmas. You can just see the joy. You can just see the peace. Obviously, more among the faithful, unfortunately, the world. We see, you know, December 26th of the short days after Christmas, weeks after Christmas, Christmas trees are on the corner and decorations are taken down. But we know that the Christmas season has just begun. So let's make good use out of it. Rejoice in the great gifts that our Lord has given us in himself and all the wonderful favors he's bestowed upon us. And like Our Lady, treasure our Lord most dear to our heart, his wonderful grace, and strive to always persevere in it with her help, the help of her intercession. Strive to serve God more faithfully each and every day. Last thing I wanted to mention with the new calendar year just right around the corner, I hope and pray that everybody has a a great start to the year, a great time throughout the year, and a great finish to the year. A good time for us to look at some of the ways we may be struggling and make good resolutions to try to be better spiritually, of course, primarily, but also, you know, physically, mentally, and maybe some financial goals somebody has that within reason they're trying to obtain. But this is a great time for all of us to really dial in our focus and repent for the sins of our past life of the past year and and look to this new year with the help of God's grace and the intercession of our Blessed Mother to make the best use out of it possible and to make the year 2024 a year of great progress and greater union with our Lord and our Blessed Mother. Well, there's so much more I feel like I could say, but I think this is a good place for us to go to our quote for today. And it comes from the priest I've been quoting somewhat recently here on the show, Father Edward Pope. And it reads, May all riches and all luxury be only weariness and grief to you. May all privations be your food, in the thought that they are the same food that Jesus, Mary, and Joseph consumed eagerly during their whole life.
a good reminder for us to think about the lives that the Holy Family lived, even though they certainly did not live a life of worldly luxury, they had all that they needed, and so do we. So long as we have God, it doesn't matter what earthly possession we may have or not have. So long as we have God and His grace, we have everything that we need. Well, I think this is a good place for us to go to our own prayer to Our Lady. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Jesus, Mary, and St. Joseph, we love thee. Save souls. St. Alphonsus de Liguori, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, I thank you all for listening to today's episode of the Children of Our Lady podcast, brought to you by the Catholic Family Podcast. May the Holy Family watch over and protect you all. Merry Christmas and a blessed New Year. Yeah.